Regional sports networks are on life support, but one company may be swooping in to rescue teams. We'll have some exclusive reporting there. Plus, I chat with NBA legend Paul Pierce and the hosts of the All the Smoke podcast, former NBA players Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. It's Thursday, March 2nd. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. So as we have covered here, regional sports networks are in chaos with the likely bankruptcy of Diamond Sports Group. Front Office Sports senior writer Mike McCarthy has some exclusive reporting on what could be next for some of these leagues. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Owen. Great to be here. Yeah, let's let's start at the at the top with uh, something that, that you've been digging up. So uh, we'll, we'll get to Diamond and everything going on there in a sec, but they may have a lifeline potentially. Um, what, what's your latest reporting on this? Well, Owen, as you said, uh, RSNs are in chaos right now, and I believe it was Littlefinger on Game of Thrones who said, "Chaos is a ladder." And what that means is some people's chaos is other people's opportunities. And we just did a story today on the new script sports offering itself as a white knight to teams and leagues that are getting stiffed by Bally Sports. Yeah. So so Bally Sports looks like it's on its way out uh, sooner rather than later. Warner Bros. Discovery is also saying they're not so crazy about being in the RSN business. Why does Scripps want in here? Well, Scripps uh, has local stations that aren't as affected by cord cutting and cord shaving. Uh, also, they just want to get involved into sports. So, you know, they sports is in their blood. They have shown uh, local sports for some of the biggest leagues and some of the biggest conferences in college. So I, I think they see an opportunity to launch this new division. And frankly, Owen, the timing couldn't be better. Uh, you know, here they are offering themselves as an alternative at a time when some of these RSNs can't even pay their bills. So it, the timing is perfect for Scripps to do this. And uh, I think they're seizing the moment. Yeah. And, and speaking of the moment, we've, we've done a lot of coverage on how Major League Baseball is potentially going to handle this whole situation, assuming Diamond does go bankrupt soon. What about the NBA and the NHL? They're in the middle of their seasons. What happens to them if, if Diamond does, in fact, go down? That's an excellent question because so much uh, of the reporting has focused on Major League Baseball. And what the reason for that is we're following the money. The MLB deals with the RSNs are far more lucrative and uh, long-term and generate a lot more money than the league, uh, league deals for the others. But uh, there is a, you know, a second chapter to this, and which is what is the NBA going to do next? What is the NHL going to do next? I know when we uh, spoke to Scripps yesterday, uh, Brian Lawler uh, specifically mentioned being in touch with some NBA teams. Uh, so that is the next shoe to drop. Yeah. And back to MLB, they just today, I believe, or recording Wednesday, launched their local media department. So this is a new division uh, within Major League Baseball. It's sort of funny that it, they didn't already have one, but they named some executives. So what do you expect from this, this new division within MLB? Well, I give MLB credit. They're taking the bull by the horns. Uh, one name keeps popping up over the last couple of months, uh, Owen, which is Billy Chambers. Billy Chambers, Billy Chambers, Billy Chambers. Billy Chambers has probably the toughest job in baseball right now, which is trying to sort out this mess for the RSNs. But he needs help. And today, MLB brought in three you know, respected veterans, Doug Johnson, Greg Pinnell, and Kendall Burgess, to join him in what they're calling their new local media department. So I, I think it's a smart move 
by MLB to be proactive and not wait for the safe to drop on their head, but to try to get out in front of these things and get their arms around this problem. And, and what we've seen from what we've seen, MLB is looking toward their MLB network uh, to at least cover the gap when they, um, you know, assuming Diamond goes under. Uh, is that is that a short term solution? Could that be the long term solution? Is are they going to look for someone like Scripps to to um, kind of carry them forward here? What what do you think is the future? Yeah, MLB declined to comment for our script story, but uh, I've got some sources who tell me basically everything is on the table. You know, they're looking for long term solutions, and if they can't get a long term solution, they'll look for a short term solution. I mean, they're. Uh, preference would be for these Bally's RSNs to pay their bills, to pay what they owe. But they may not be able to, you know, hence uh, the looming bankruptcy. So in which case, everything's on the table for MLB. All right. Thanks, Mike. Entertaining and insightful as always. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Owen. Let's take a look at what else is going on. Liverpool returned to profitability after making $714 million in revenue in the past year, which resulted in a $9 million profit. It's their first profit since the 2018-2019 reporting period. And add another to the roster of private firms seeking to invest in sports teams. Two London-based hedge funds, Fasinara Capital and Tifosi Capital and Advisory are collaborating on a fund of up to $500 million targeting investments in soccer teams, according to Bloomberg. Investors will make money off of income streams such as player transfers and ticket sales. And Red Bull is now saying it will not sell its second Formula One team, AlphaTauri. There have been rumors that they were looking into that, but we can put those to rest for now. They may still seek to move the team from Italy to England, where the Red Bull team is based. Up next, I had a really interesting conversation with retired NBA players Paul Pierce, Stephen Jackson, and Matt Barnes. We talked about Barnes and Jackson's hit podcast, All the Smoke, cannabis culture in the NBA, and what they would do to fix the NBA All-Star Game. We'll have that conversation right after this. Two thousand, two thousand eight, twenty twenty two. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot-com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. One thing is certain, it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over 31,000 businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, NetSuite. NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improved their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash frontoffice right now. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. Steven, Matt, Paul, how you guys doing? Good, how are you? Awesome, yeah. And first of all, I'm just curious about the the origins of all the smoke. So right now, you know, it's it's you've got a big podcast, you got the Showtime show. How did it all get started? Uh, Jack and I both were fresh out of the NBA and and and, and doing various media opportunities and, and and starting to get the hang of it. 
and just decided to come together uh, to do something together uh, where we really know there wouldn't be any really, you know, yellow tape or red lines that, that, that we had to worry about. And, you know, I kind of started doing my due diligence and homework and, and, and found Showtime. And it was just a perfect time where they had just started Showtime basketball. And we were able to come in and make a splash. And, you know, from there, we were able to bring in great talent such as Paul and KG and, and some other guys and kind of build a whole uh, Showtime basketball uh, ecosystem. Yeah, you've gotten some huge names like kind of right out of the gate. I so your first two seasons were mostly basketball, but then you're able to bring in like some huge, huge names in the hip hop community for your third season. Yeah, we have we have a lot of relationships. You know, Matt leveraged a lot of his relationships. I leverage I leverage the ones I have. And a lot of people like coming on our show because they know everything is genuine with us. You know, we don't we're not bringing you on the show to get the hot take or try to belittle you to get the hot take. We we but we basically bring you on because we're fans of you and we want to give you your flowers. And we want to learn more about you. And I think that's what people love about our show, how authentic it is. But also it's a, it's a stand up show that's not like the token shows that are trying to get clicks or are trying to draw you out to say something you don't mean. So you can so everybody can come watch the show. It's a positive show that shows a lot of love uh, because we wear our emotions on our sleeve. Yeah, it seems like it's it's a show where people can like be relaxed, uh, have fun. Um, and that kind of like lends itself to this this deal you're doing with buffalo wild wings so so tell me about that what's the story there uh we teamed up with buffalo wild wings uh during the nba summer league last year in las vegas myself uh jack and jr smith we got a we talked basketball we ate wings and it it, it just seemed like a match made in heaven so uh fast forward now to uh the ncaa tournament we've been fortunate enough to team back up with them and they've created a tremendous experience out in houston where we could sit down with fans do interviews, talk to people like Paul and Asia Wilson, uh, eat great wings and, and, and watch college basketball. So to me, what, you know, nothing goes better with a sporting event than, than wings. And uh, we're, we're, we're thankful to be teamed up with Buffalo Wild Wings again. And, and Paul, you've done probably more interviews than anyone wants to count in your in your life, you know, even like post career, too. Um, what was different about uh, chatting with Stephen and Matt? Uh, uh, well, I love the uh, authentic authenticity with these guys that they have on the show. Also, you know, it just and like Stack was saying, you know, they're not here for clickbait and, and trying to draw you out to say something for just the people to watch. You know, I, I've been knowing these guys for for forever since, you know, back in the day. And they come across and, and people get real comfortable with these guys because they know the realness is they're not here for that. You know, and so I, I enjoy the authentic, authenticity that they bring and uh, and people are drawn to it. And that's what makes their show so great. And that's why, you know, so they can go across, you know, from sports to culture to hip, you know, all across, all through the culture and, and talk with anybody and bring out the best in the interview. Yeah, it does feel like just across media, there's this consistent demand for and, and only some hosts, some people can like really do it effectively, I think, to uh, just like have these kind of real down to earth conversations. I think that's what a lot of, of podcasts of, of interview shows uh, want to strive for, but not everyone kind of gets there. Yeah. I think we have the ability just to create a space, uh, you know, feel comfortable. Uh, I think, you know, when you come to set, you know, we're listening to music, we're relaxed and we're having a good time. We don't just throw you right underneath the camera and the microphone. Uh, we want you to relax, have a good time, maybe have a drink or, you know, whatever else you, you know, you may choose to indulge in and really kind of just set that, you know, set the room and, you know, have people feel comfortable enough to, you know, come in and, and say things like, man, I've never told anyone this, you know, when people say, and they say that all the time, you know, that they're really comfortable uh, with sharing 
you know, something personal. And, and, you know, Jack and I always want to humanize our guests. You know, you know why Paul was a great basketball player, but what's Paul like off the court? You know why Kobe was a great, you know why Snoop was great. What are these people outside of their normal life that you see them in? We want to shine that other side, the light on the other side of their lives because everyone is, you know, unique and, and special in their own way. So just kind of peeling back the layers and humanizing our guests, I think, is the reason why we've been pretty successful in this space. <laughs> And, and, and to be able to, to have the opportunity to be able to control our own narrative. You know, I think that's a big part, too, to be able to control our own narrative and the opportunity to do that and give others that space to come in. You know, I mean, every opportunity we we get, we appreciate and we go hard at it, you know, just like this opportunity we beat up. So, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just that that genuine authenticity that we brought to it. You know, I think I think that's what's giving us success. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And speaking of whatever else people want to indulge in, weed is part of the it's part of the branding of the show it comes up on the show a fair amount of time i don't know if you actually pull it out there's probably rules around that <laughs> um but it, it struck me that like it does this show's like not a scandal or anything like maybe if it was like if you're baseball players like i don't know maybe hockey like there are other leagues that are maybe not quite as progressive or just where this wouldn't feel like um you it would feel more of a surprise um but uh, yeah, I'm wondering just like if there's been any uh, just like what your what your thoughts on that in terms of like NBA and like weed culture and how how the two go together. Um, I think you know with with Jack and I uh, when we we started it, you know, we were advocates first. You know, uh, cannabis was something we used all throughout our career, even though we were taking a chance because we weren't really heavy drinkers. We knew what it would do, what it was doing for our body from as far as you know, sleep and and and. Um, focus and and uh anti-inflammatory uh components that the, the, the plant has so you know being able to fast forward to our post-career um it's kind of synonymous with who we are and, and and what our brand is you know so we just we, we you know we feel comfortable we, and we really want to show you know displace the, the the myths that you know you if you smoke you're you know you're going to be you're going to go down the wrong path you know there's just so many old myths about cannabis that you know we like to debunk and you can be a a, a very productive not only professional athlete but but citizen in the community uh you know while partaking in cannabis so you know we kind of want to break down walls and, and stigmas and 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 um you know i think we've definitely done that when it comes to a show but we also realized that you know, some of the best conversations come in a man cave when you're when you're smoking or drinking and there's no cameras around. And that's exactly when I thought of all the smoke, what I wanted to make. I'm just like, you know, no matter who you are, whether you're a celebrity athlete or regular person, you get together with your friends and, and, and you're watching a game. And those are some of the best, most authentic conversations. And sometimes you're smoking, sometimes you're drinking. So we really wanted to just kind of translate that to bring that in front of the camera and, and have that same kind of feel. And I think that's what we've been able to do with all the smoke. Yeah, very cool. And um, yeah, athletes you know of all kinds have to deal with pain. They have to deal with relaxing their body after after all this. And so I think it's something that like it's not talked about a ton because there's still a stigma. It's still federally illegal. But uh, but yeah, I'm sure a lot of people use cannabis across sports in the NBA. How um, if you had to guess, what percent of of players do you think use at least sometimes? A lot. <laughs> yeah, like over half. We were playing. It was a high high. I, I was saying that. High 60s, low 70s. I I I don't know, man. Because we can <laughs> like now it's 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 more now because not yeah. being tested. See, like for during the season, I was always scared to get tested uh and, and fail because I, I think I failed like three of them 
But He's then I figured out how to say how to pass the test in, in the same day. You know, I ain't going to spill the beans, you know, so they can. I mean, it don't even matter. Now they don't even test, but I figured out how to pass it the same day. And so, you know, for me, it was all about helping me sleep. Like, mm-hmm. talk, you know, because uh, like a lot of times our schedules, you know, we fly into a city. I was addicted to NyQuil, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody tell people this and I, I know that wasn't the healthiest thing just drinking NyQuil all the time when you fly into the city at two in the morning and you got to go to sleep at three or, or, or right away to wake up or practice uh you know because sometimes I didn't drink the NyQuil I'm up all night and then I'm tired the next day for the game so it, it really helped me yeah. yeah I would I would definitely say that you know while we played we were taking a, a heavy chance to do it but I'd still I, I would agree with Jack you know high 60 low to mid 70s but now that you know they don't test for it uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the number's higher. And to me, there's a whole, you know, there's just so many different ways, you know, from the plant, whether it's, you know, the CBD side of it, you know, there's tinctures, there's gummies, there's a different kind of edibles. You know, Jack and I were someone who enjoyed, you know, enjoyed a, a good old blunt or a joint. But to me, there's just so many benefits and, and, and ways to do it. I'm glad that not only the NBA, but professional sports across North America have kind of you know, dro- drop the hammer as far as, you know, penalizing us because they want to pump us full of opioids and they don't care if we drink and do other stuff, but they always wanted to penalize us for something that we felt that was helping us. So, uh, you know, I just applaud professional sports overall for kind of catching up to the medical data and research and understanding this is a very beneficial plant for athletes. A lot of people were kind of, you know, hating on the the NBA All-Star Games and, you know, no one plays defense, you know, which is kind of the story for every All-Star Game these days. Um, thinking about that, but also just like thinking about the league in general. Um, if you could make one change or fix or just amplify anything, what, what would be your, if I made you emperor of the NBA for a day, what, what would you do? You go first, Paul, since you actually played in the All-Star Game. <laughs> I don't think nothing, because if you remember a year ago, it was a great game. Last year in, uh, was it Cleveland? It was a great game, but I think the guys at the top have to hold everybody accountable. And I'm going to say this for, like, Braun and KD, although he didn't play, and Steph, he didn't play, because I remember just being in the All-Star game. Kobe wasn't going to allow you to be like that. The game was never like that. It was just – it was he played so hard that he didn't allow you to be out there looking like, oh, oh this is just a, another game. So everybody's raised their bar because of Kobe. And so I think it has to come from the players at the top, like, you know, LB and KD. I, I and, agree 100% that it's going to take the players to push all the whole weekend, whether that yeah. being you know, stars in the dunk contest, raising your level of play, um, you know, the game, and then possibly, you know, going to a, a world versus, you know, the United States type game where there's more pride uh, involved. But I, I think Paul hit it on the head. It's going to have to come from there's nothing that the NBA can do. Fans can complain all they want. It's going to take the star players to set the tone. All right. Thanks, guys, so much for chatting. No problem. Thank you. That's it for today. We have so much coming this month. Formula One is about to start. March Madness is on the horizon. And we are four weeks out from my favorite holiday, MLB Opening Day. Subscribe so you don't miss a beat. Leave us a rating and review while you're at it. We'll see you tomorrow.